ADD Cast, Episode 60. Welcome to another episode of the ADD cast. <laughs> Let me say right now, <laughs> I am probably not going to have any control over this particular podcast. Ooh, la freaking la. <clears throat> because the force of nature known as T. Morris is Mis- in the Monsieur studio. T. Morris. Cash magic missile. She will play. Magic missile. Magic missile. Magic missile. Magic missile. Magic missile. Okay. That killed all of the escargo. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, not all of it. And oh, most of it. sitting on my left, <laughs> as always, is my lovely wife, Ms. Martha Holloway. Hey, sweetie. <laughs> Thank we're, you for the intro. We're going to have to stick a ball gag in your mouth. <laughs> actually, th- this is the most intimate ADD cast I think I've been to in a long time. It's been a while. Usually, usually the ADD cast, are, uh, we, we crammed our, we crammed people in the studio and stuff like that. This has, your new studio, the new Dancing Cat, Dancing Cat Studios 2.0. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. we're up to like 7.0. Oh, 7.0. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually has the potential of being the next, the next Draco Vista Studios. You realize that because this is this this could be big enough to house like you know seven or eight or twelve people if well, we wanted to. We can actually roll the treadmill out the door. There you go, and there's plenty of room. Oh, but Put honey, some then, up. but 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 honey, if you roll the treadmill out the door, what will power the studio? <laughs> See, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll just build build a really big <laughs> hamster wheel and suspend it off the deck. Or you can get one of those. You can get one of those one of those windmills that is powered by air and just put it in front of me and then <laughs> take it from there. Take it from there. Yes, the wind oh. turbine and T Morris and a microphone. It's like it's like a carrot in front of a horse. Pretty on much. A string. But now, <laughs> the, but but to be honest, we're actually we were talking earlier about. Uh, uh, I'm I'm probably going to be doing a a, a twofer. Of the ADD cast because if if we work out the scheduling with me and Pip, you're gonna have both of us on the show. Oh yes, good golly! And you know, and I know, I know when I'm on an interview. I mean, you know, the lovely, talented, and and delicious Philippa Philippa Valentine. You know, I, I understand the reason why we've been getting all of the, you know, the requests. It isn't because, oh, wow, we're going to get Team Morris and Philippa Valentine. It's like, oh, we're going to get Pip on the show. Oh, yes. Somebody put a phone book in front of her and let her read for a while. <laughs> T, shut the F up, you know, and <laughs> I understand. I know the picking order. And there go the levels. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's, and see, you're, and the, you're the, shocked. The studio had to be reconfigured for T. Morris, i.e., broken in. Yeah. So there you go. I.e., I, I'm recording at like neg 18 <laughs> so that my levels stand a chance of not getting blown out. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's a nose. <laughs> Why do you have a styrofoam? Uh, it's you know, a squishy nose. And because it's on, but because oh! this is audio, because this is audio, man, that does not carry over very well. You have you have a fo- you have a photographic device That's true. contrivance. That's true. Hang on, hang on, right I'll, there. I'll, I'll get a picture. Paul, Paul has the world by the nose. <laughs> yes, I do. Has <laughs> the world by the balls and by the nose as well. And then we'll just go ahead and. Yeah, the this, next this sound is, you hear is, will be. <laughs> this is really good. This is this is really good. I'll use know, that footage. for the album art. Yeah, please do. There we go. I'll, I'll make sure I I, uh, I post that on Flickr. Flickr. 
<laughs> you have to say it like there's something like you know, stuck in the back of your throat. First time I first time I heard that was like, ah. I mean, I was like, oh, Geo, how talented you are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you what, can't you can't purr like a cat. What you can't purr like a cat? It's more like oh, a, I, I can purr oh, like a Wookiee. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, it's it's you know because there are times when a Sonic Boom is just going to go completely nuts, and I just look at her and she goes, she goes. And I go, <laughs> and she just shuts up and stares at me. <laughs> and I don't know if Sonic Boom is going, wow, dad, that's cool. Or wow, dad, you're such a tard. You know, so I don't know which one it is. You're such a cool tard. I'm a cool tard. That's yes. what I am. Timor's the cool tard of podcasting. Yes. Thank you. The coolest tard father. Yes. There the tard, tard father. The tard father. <laughs> Oh, look, at, look at what they've done to my poor boy. <laughs> oh, Fredo, Fredo, you, let, you broke my heart. Well, actually, that's Al Pacino. You broke my heart, Fredo. But uh, um, it's, it's just look what they've done to my poor boy. And someday, and that day may never come. You're gonna have to change the diaper. <laughs> when you change that diaper, I want you to remember this. You know, better. <clears throat> so, what brings us together? What brings us together here tonight? Snail. Snails. Very right. slowly, it brought us together. Snails, yeah. Uh, just to kind of bring it, bring, bring it home. Um, as uh, as you as you both know, as both as you both know, um, Kraken's Quest. I um, at Balticon, which I think you guys are affiliated with, and so much. I, I think we were there. Yeah. We, we may have seen you there. Uh, Balticon, my jersey, my Balt, my my Balticon, my uh, my Kraken's jersey was pinched, and I don't mean pinches. And someone came up. Squeeze the fabric and then left. No, like they I'm stole pinching it. the nose. Like you're pinching the nose. That is just disturbing. Man. <laughs> just stop that. So wow, we found something that disturbs tea. <laughs> pass me the bell. Oh, oh yeah, the, the bell. The bell. Oh, I almost forgot. I could have had my hands. I could have had my hands on the bell. I could have I been somebody. I could have been a bell ringer. But um, you know, Kraken's Quest, which can be found at tmorris.com. Yeah. Mmm. Music to my ears. Um is the story of how I am answering the challenges of Kraken Thief. Guy on Twitter, the the, the person, or dare I say persons. Per, yes, generally known as person or persons unknown. Yeah, that have stolen my Kraken's jersey and are having me do a series of challenges. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this. My jersey is in France. My jersey is in France. Like where they put Paris. At, yeah, as in where the Germans marched into. As, you know, I mean, my jersey is in France. Yeah, and not you. Did I happen to mention my jersey? Do you know where it is? France. France? Yeah, I mean. And it went without you. Yeah. Well, my jersey is actually getting a lot of, he's getting a lot of shit done that I didn't. I mean, it, it's gotten to see jo Jonathan Colton and have its picture taken with him. Really? In yes. Concert. It went to the Dogfish Brewery. That was pissing me off enough. But then when I saw, oh crap. It was my at the Salvation Army. It was at the Salvation Army. Well, that, yeah, well, I, I, I tend <laughs> to make regular trips to the Salvation Army because I, I, we get a lot of stuff and it's, it's good to give back and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, geez, but it Paris. was, it was casting, you know, come hither looks at the, the, the it's viewer. Me, it's scared right, me seeing the men's, on the rack. Yes, with the men's, with the men's, uh, because uh, all I could do, try, all I could do try was, on room behind it. Was oh, see whoever awesome. Kraken's thief is taking a picture of the jersey and then somebody walks up and goes, wow, man, I'm, Football jersey. I don't want that. You know, I mean, I, oh, so anyway. Um, <laughs> Five bucks. 
But uh, but yeah, so my jersey is in France. It actually has crossed the Atlantic and is in France. So it's get, it's getting more air mileage than I am right now. It's getting more points. Um, and uh, my challenge was that uh, to get into the spirit of uh, Bastille Day, I was supposed to go on ahead and, yes, eat escargot. So you guys took me to a lovely restaurant, or at well, least first guided we me spent to like two hours trying, trying to, find to find some place <laughs> that actually served escargot oh, on a Sunday. Ah, yes. <clears throat> and you know the place, Le Cunard. No, no, Le Cunard. Le Cunard. Le Cunard. Yeah. Nope, nope. There's no you. Le Cunard. Le Cunard. No. Cunard. Le Cunard. Cunard. It's Cunard. You know, for the for the Americanizing bastardization of for the people language. from Brooklyn, it's yeah. close to Canarsie. But um, but no, I mean, uh, it was a real. That was a very nice restaurant. Now, you guys had never ate there before. Never been there before. We We've always walk into it. the beer place next door <laughs> and say, "Norms, yeah, you norms. Know, One of these days, we actually have, have to, to have, go to this restaurant, yes, yeah. Le Canard. No, no. On a tangent, obviously, you guys have been to Norms. I, I was very impressed with the selection they've got there. Norms is awesome. Even Smar, even Smar was impressed. Smar. Was impressed with the uh, with the, the the selection that they had there, um, and um, yeah, so I'm ready to go back to back there just so I can get back to norms again. Yeah, and you know what? Are we up on a break? We're getting up on a break well, right no. now. All right then. Um, so yeah, stick around. We will be right back. <laughs> Come on. Come on, keyboard. You can wake up. I just got this thing on my screen that says connection. The keyboard Man. lost. <laughs> That's why I went to the hard wire. I know. That's I'm, why I went to the hard wire. I'm getting, I'm getting over this wireless the keyboard. The Bluetooth is taste suck. <laughs> now hear this. Now hear this. This is the author speaking. All hands report to download stations. All hands report to download stations. This is not a drill. Double Share, A Trader's Tale from the Golden Age of the Solar Clipper is now available on iTunes and Podiobooks.com as a free audio download. When he graduates from the Academy at Port Newmar, Ishmael Horatio Huang reports for duty in his first assignment as an officer. When he gets to his new ship, he finds a captain who never leaves the cabin, a first mate who preys on the crew, and a ship with no heart. Can an inexperienced third mate even survive such a situation? Find out in Double Share as third mate Ishmael Wong and the crew of the William Tinker discover new meaning in the phrase Deep Dark. All hands report to Download Station to get Double Share by Nathan Lowell today. That is all. It's the song of the day. That's in the wrong place. <laughs> The Pieces Podcast is an experiment in cooperative podcast fiction. Eight authors take turns writing chapters of this tale set in a world fractured by divine neglect. Hear the words and voices of Nobilis, Christiana Ellis, Chris Lester, Grey Dancer, Paul S. Jenkins, Brandon Crows and John Tanzer, and Philippa Ballantyne in this dark novel of, well, to be honest, I don't know yet. But with talent like this, it is not to be missed. Find us at pieces.libsyn.com.
And we are back. And yeah, the wired keyboard is coming out of the closet. <laughs> but I got to say, where else are you going to get, you know, Latin as well as magic missiles all yeah, in one? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's all funny. Podcast. I, I, I've been thinking about this since we've been talking about it on and off all, all evening. You know, you've got, you've got Scott Sigler. Writing a novel and podcasting while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to pat my, not to break my arm and pat myself on the, on the back, but you've got me going back to a, a novel that I had done back in 2005, and I'm trying to mix in new audio with with the previous audio, and then you've got something like pieces. Um, I'm beginning to think that the the podcast novelists are starting to get more experimental in how we are creating fiction for uh, not just for the podsphere, but just in general. And um, while I don't have it in my uh, in my queue yet, I'm very curious as to how pieces is going to turn out. I'm very curious as to how how it's how it's going. Uh, are, are either one of you guys listening to pieces right now? Um, I haven't. I hadn't heard about it yet, but it does sound interesting. I'm going to go from here <laughs> upstairs. Are you now? That was just so, that was so Type it in the, even with the foley, you get a little foley happening. Yes. Well, I still have to get caught up with uh, with um, uh, and uh, add it to my queue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I still have to get caught up with Nathan Lowell. I I just listened right before right before Balticon. Right before Balticon, I I said, well, you know what? I I got to get familiar with Nathan's stuff because I I, I don't want to have a zero frame of reference for him. So I went on ahead and I um I started downloading well I downloaded off of Patio Books the whole shoot match of uh of quarter share. And I was astounded. And that is but one of four that he did in one year. Yeah, yeah. Uh I hate the guy. Pro- I, I absolutely prolific. Jeez. I hate that guy, but uh, but what a nice guy to hate. I mean, that's the thing about Nathan Lowell. He's the guy that, that you can't help to hate, but you hate him and you love him all at the same time. He's such a good guy. But um, Quarter Share was absolutely amazing. In fact, I got caught up on a lot of stuff. Um, I actually went back. I, I did what I... I did what I promised I was going to do for myself, and I uh, I went back and I listened to the Veiled City monologues again um, just to prepare for the arrival of Matt F. N. Wallace. <laughs> and then uh, and then I also uh, started listening to um, uh, around that around the same time I, I started listening to uh, to the Metamore City podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Chris Lester, mm-hmm. and um, two incredible writers. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, yeah, man, it's just it's hard to stay up. To pace with everything. Uh, I mean, it really is. I'm, 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 I'm at a point now where I'm like, if I can, if I can just keep up with the handful of authors that I'm following right now, I'm happy. Um, <clears throat> now, granted, a lot of it has to do with the fact of how busy I am. Uh, if, if I'm, if I'm doing a lot of freelancing or something like that, I have a lot of commutes in, in and out of DC, so I can shoot through tons of podcasts. I just recently got got caught up with, um, uh, uh, with some of the Obsidian stuff. And uh, I don't know if either one of you guys are listening to Obsidian or not. Um, um, yeah, actually, I've been wanting to do a review on Obsidian. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll put myself in the hot seat. Okay. I want, I, I, I want to hear your honest opinions. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. What did you guys think of, um, of Miles to Go Before I Sleep? Um, I actually left my, my comment up on the, the blog and, and threatened to release nude pictures That's of right. you and JC together <laughs> if I didn't get part three of that story. <laughs> it was so good. And, and, and the way that you left it, I want to know more. I want, I want to see what happens next. And you know what? I really feel like that, that Miles to Go was the first time that I've actually done that in a short story. 
And and I think that I think that's the mark of a good short story. Well, you're known for like telephone book size novels. Yeah. And I I was really kind of wondering whether or not because I've never read any of your short stories. I didn't know if you ever did any short stories. Short stories are my unicorns, man. And, they really are. And and I just I looked at that. And I'm like, uh, you know, I I wonder if T is going to be able to pull this off because he usually <laughs> goes so long, <laughs> you know. And and it was it was tight. It was uh, it was thrilling. The cell phone technology. Doesn't actually necessarily work that way. You uh, no, wait a second. No, 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 no. You see, here's you should ask the guy who actually works with cell phone technology. No, 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 no. Just to drop it in there. Just to drop it in there. Yeah. Uh, dropping a little teaser on the Survival Guide to Writing Fantasy. I have a two-part series coming up on Survival Guide. Yeah. Uh, to your listeners who actually have a crossover with, with Survival Guide and ADD, no, I haven't neglected the Survival Guide. I've just been focusing on getting Moravi done. Plus, I've also been working on the Double Trouble promo, which you will hear about once uh, we we knock down either a Friday night or a Saturday night because we only have. We only have Pip and I only have two available dates left when we can we can interview people and then it's and then it's go time. But um but with uh but I haven't had a chance to actually sit down for uh for 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 the guide. Now that being said, I have a two-part series coming up on the survival guide called Getting Personal. Uh the first part's gonna be me talking about Miles to Go. And I'm gonna go into great detail. Originally it was me and Chris Lester talking about miles to go and unfortunately i lost that interview uh, and it wasn't oh. it wasn't anything wasn't anything happened on skype wasn't it it, was, it wasn't anything happened in garage band it was t working on very little sleep very stressed out and he saved over the interview oh man the oh. word is a duh but you know what that's great because i had this great book that would help me out in the future to make sure if that would never could happen just again. Just read it. Yeah, I know. If only I read it. Um, but but that being said, uh, I did get a great interview with Chris about Metamore City and the stuff that he'd been doing in the more erotic end of, of things. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to re-record my my part about getting personal because uh, Miles to Go was a very personal story. The segue into what you're talking about is that the actual stretch of, of Route 15 that I talk about in Miles to Go is an actual stretch of road. Yeah. And at least with my cell phone yeah. and with Sprint, you do, not, you do not get a signal out there. Oh, okay. You do not get a signal out there. Because for the, the whole length of – even when you get back to civilization though, you, you say that there's no signal, there's no signal. No, and and yeah. in, in – if if the the power outage had just happened, those cell sites would still be up and radiating. You wouldn't be able. To, you might not be able to call anywhere, but you would get a signal. That so, was the that right. was the that was your only that was your only snag. That, that was the only snag, and that's only because that's I can live what with that, I Fisher. do. I can live with that. But but the, the scene, <laughs> I think, the I think scene you should. where the character pulls in to like the 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 dirty bookstore. And, yeah. and and he's just like he, it's like he's he's see he saw something or heard something something's not right and he just he just you know has freaks. to get out of there yeah, freaks I it, I could feel that I okay. really could feel that that was really well done now, I am I'm I'm very proud of Miles to go I mean and and Hutch can Hutch can attest I was stressing out about it because I wanted to bring my A game for Seventh Son. I really did, I, because uh, lot, like many people, I was very much sucked into Seventh Son. And when Hutch invited me to play in that sandbox, I was like, "Well, I can't, I can't let this down." And originally, I was going to try something funny, something comic. And Hutch was like, "I don't like that idea." I tried, and I ran another idea, and Hutch said, eh, "I really don't know." And then I, I was just, I said, "I'm really stressing out about this, Hutch. I, I don't want to let you down." And Hutch said, "You don't have to do this." And I was like, "No, I do." 
I do have to do this. And uh, that was when Hutch said, well, write about what you know. And he threw out just some scenarios about how much I travel and all this stuff and what would happen and yada, yada, yada. And this was definitely, of all the different short stories I've done, and I've only done a handful. I mean, I can count on one hand how many short stories I've written. And what I mean by they're my unicorn is that is that they're the hardest thing for me to do. When I write a short story, I want so to you keep, have trouble doing unicorns, do you? I do have trouble doing See, unicorns. See, I was going to yeah. ask you if maybe, you know, they were actually rhinoceroses <laughs> that had been <laughs> – that have been badly described. <laughs> I just, you know, it, it, yeah, maybe that's an even better analogy. I just, I, I start working on a short story and I keep going and I keep going. And I'm like, ah, crap, you know? I mean, actually, when I've edited, uh, when I edited Bill about Battings, I actually had two short stories that came out of, of, of the case of the pitcher's pendant. And I was originally going to put them, I was actually going to record them and put them in the feed uh, for, the, for the Bill about Battings podcast. But I've been so busy promoting and marketing the the Double Trouble promo coming up that I just was like, ah, crap, I can't really – I don't really have the time to sit down and do it And because while I'm doing all that, I'm also working on Moravia Remastered. And so, you know, it, it goes back to priorities. But with, uh, but with Miles to go, yeah, I wanted to bring my A game to the table. I really wanted to bring my A game and I – I was like, okay, let's let's see let's see where where that line is for me, and um, and yeah, I got I got very personal, and even when I was recording it, um, you know, I I make no I make no bones about it. Um, Kiera, the the daughter in uh, in Miles to Go, that's Sonic Boom. I mean, that's flat out that Sonic Boom, and there were parts of that story I had a tough time reading because that was what I saw. And some of the mannerisms that, that, that was kind of hard. That was Jared Axelrod did did something just before Balticon that was very hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, he took the recipe for Kahlua pork, which is the pork that they make in a um, in a, um, a luau where they yeah. like bury it in the sand with hot rocks and replace the word pig with child. Jeez. And and he had Richard Calwake read this, and it's very. I mean, Richard had a hard time reading it, mm-hmm. and I had a hard time. Everybody had a hard time listening to it. A lot of people couldn't finish it, and I I gotta gotta believe that some of the some of the part some parts of your story kind of were they were you know, they were, they were they very were, difficult because it was it was such a personal yeah yeah story. and and again you know I think that's part of the risk of getting personal in your creativity. You know, I don't think Jared has issues with kids because, I mean, good golly, look at aliens you won't meet. I no, mean, I mean, no, no, I think his intent there was to really, you know, make you think about right. being a meat eater, a carnivore. And and again, that's but that's the thing is that's the risk of creativity. You really put yourself out well, there. Yeah, he was I got some turning, feedback. turning it on its head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I got some feedback, both both positive and negative about uh, Miles to go. Um, and, you know, I. I I I I don't know how much you guys have talked about this on ADD, but I, I know that you all are, are preparing for a uh, for a child for a child, mm-hmm. yeah, and a you particular know, child, not yes. just any child. Yes, we are. But but I mean, yes. um, but but again, you know, it really when it becomes, you know, when 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 people talk about parenthood and everything like that, uh, the one thing I don't think they really talk about. Uh, they talk about your lives ending. They talk about everything changing and all, and it's all this doom and gloom. What they don't talk about, and I think they really sometimes should talk about, is how your perspective changes. I have seen you know stuff before in the past on Law and Order and other things on television, and they deal with 
they deal with kids. And I never blinked at it twice. After being a parent, whenever a child is put into danger, it 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 was it was it bothered me when I was when I was when I was not a parent. Now that I'm a parent, it's very hard for me to take in. Um, and uh, and I remember when Evo when Evo was was on uh, during um, I think it was a slice of sci-fi, and I did a a, a, a movie review for them of Sin City, mm-hmm. and I made it very clear I didn't like Sin City. Uh, I didn't like Sin City mainly because of of some of the visuals and some of the I thought visually it was stunning, but I thought that you know you know you know grabbing somebody by the balls and doing something to said balls that that joke went you know it was like five or six references and I was like okay we're done with the balls can we move on to something else um, and uh, and I was talking about that it it really was truly a quote unquote graphic novel. And Evo said, well, you know why I think T didn't like Sin City? It was because he just became a papa. And I'm like, no, uh, that I would have felt that way even if I was a parent. Now, um, there have been some images, like and we were just talking about it earlier before we got on pod, uh, Scott Sigler's Infected, the the new one he's doing. Scott has done a lot of disturbing stuff. He's done yeah. a lot of disturbing stuff in his fiction. But when he did the thing, and I don't think this is a spoiler for anybody, but if you haven't been listening to Infected, it might be a little spoiler. There's a scene that involves a young child and the infection itself. And that made an impression on me that literally haunted me that night when I was asleep. Because all I could see was my kid and the infection on her. And I really was freaked out by that. So Scott... Scott Sigler, if you're listening, we're going to kick you. your ass. Fuck you. I'm going to kick you so hard in the cojones, it's going to knock you in the next If week. you ever show up at hey. Dancing Cat Studios. Hey. It's enough with the balls, okay? Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. We're, we're going to put your kneecaps on the wall. But no, it's, but no I mean, um, but yeah, there, there are some, I mean, I, I do think that, that, that becoming a parent has actually made me a better writer. And I, I felt like the miles to go, I said, well, well, you know, if I want to write about what I know, this is what I know. And uh, and then I really felt the pressure when Hutch was like, "You're the kickoff story." I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> but 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 no, I do appreciate that feedback. I really do. All right. Well, we're gonna take a uh, a break for just a minute here. My name is Greta, Greta Platt. I'm the housemistress of Avedon Manor. Not the most exciting title, to be sure, but Avedon Hill has more secrets than inhabitants, and I am the keeper of its secrets. Or I should say, was. You see, I was murdered six days ago. Normally, I wouldn't care, since as I said, I'm dead. But I'm here, talking to you. My soul wasn't banished to Callan's Abyss. I haven't been reincarnated, and I certainly haven't joined the Father. I'm trapped. Here. And I'm not alone. Some are saying I was killed by a vampire. Thankfully, I do not remember the details surrounding my death. But I do know one thing. My corpse, laid to rest three days ago, has gone missing. As if things weren't bad enough for me. And now Aramis Cragen, the one-time ironic advisor to the King of Pendar, has arrived at Avedon Hill. 
Lord Avedon has asked Sir Aramis to investigate my death and bring my killer to justice. I can only pray he doesn't discover too many of Avedon Hill's secrets, or more blood will be shed. The Land of Cairn. It is a world where the gods, the children of Aj, can choose to be born as mortals to directly affect events in the world, and often do. It is a world where the priests of Cairn frantically search for the mortal incarnations of any of the children in order to prevent the prophecies of Iberian from coming to pass. Welcome to the land of Cairn. Welcome to Murder at Avedon Hill, the new podcast novel by P.G. Holyfield. Visit pgholyfield.com for more information on this podcast novel, Murder at Avedon Hill. The mystery begins June 2007. And let me just say, I am a recent, uh, uh, recently exposed to PG Holyfield. You recently exposed yourself, you, sweetie? You no, recently no, no. exposed yourself to be. Well, no, you know, no. Balticon yes. was a fun weekend for everybody, let's <laughs> it, face it. It was. And uh, wow, what a great Yeah, but are you listening to his podcast? That's the thing. I mean, you can expose oh, yourself all alike to PG Holyfield, but are you listening to his podcast? His wife but, but, might be a little but, upset. But, but that's, I think you she know, was there, as a matter of fact. She was. You know, the, the, the podcast is good as well. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm digging it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, uh, well let's, let's go back to, to, uh, Obsidian. Okay. Cause you, you asked me my, my, my honest opinion. Oh, right. Of the right. whole thing so far. Right. And, and, and I've given you, uh, we've talked about one story. The important one. Yes, the important one. That's yes. right. <laughs> the most, the first and most important story. Yeah. Right, so right, right. Um, okay. the, the second one was TD0013s. I freaking loved that one. Okay. Freaking loved it. The problem that I had is that, um, it, he could have made it at least ten times better if he either dropped Star Wars, uh, and dropped, uh, just dropped Star Wars and be from some some unnamed empire, right? And just leave the movie reference out of it completely. It would have been ten times better. Or drop the robot, drops, leave Star Wars. But make himself a mental case with a, a set of star, stormtrooper armor and a big fucking gun. That, yeah. Either okay, one of those would have placed him squarely in, in the Seventh Sun true. universe and not trying to hop two universes. But you and know, that, that's, that, that actually, that actually is, that actually, uh, not quite well, being what, in the universe seems to be a problem with some of the stories. Well, well Okay, I said that's what blew it for me. It didn't. It, that story did not blow it for me. It was a very good story, but it 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 would have be it would it scored you know a six and a half seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and it would have been it, better. It, it, it would have scored a nine and a half ten if he had not tried to maintain the character and move it into that universe. While while I I, I understand what you're saying at the same time. If crossovers are done well, I'm a sucker for that. I'm a, like, for example, uh, and, and this is a crossover that a lot of people had issues with. Uh, Marvel Comics a few years ago did an X Men Star Trek the original series crossover. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, an X Men Star Trek crossover. I mean, Kirk hit on Jean Grey, which I thought was really classy. Um, they even went so far in this in this crossover. That they took 
uh, Gary Lockwood from the original pilot that featured uh, Shatner and, and Nimoy and all that. Captain Pike. Yeah, uh, no, 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 not Captain Pike. I'm talking the about cage. the No, no, not the cage where oh, no man oh, has the, gone before. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the original, original pilot, pilot that that, right. fe- that featured Kirk, uh, not the one, not oh, the yeah. original pilot pilot. Yeah, not the original original pilot. Yeah, right, right. But uh, the one with Kirk. Uh, and they they did this wonderful crossover between Gary Lockwood and Proteus, and in the scene where 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 Proteus slash Gary Lockwood shows up, um, <laughs> Kirk says Gary, and um, uh, Cyclops, what's his real name? I, I'm blanking on Cyclops. Scott. Scott. Scott screams Proteus, and they both freeze and look look at each other and say to each other, "Friend of yours." I mean, it was done very tongue in cheek. But at the same time, I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. That was the way I felt with uh, TD-0013s. I absolutely loved his short story. Just had a blast listening to it. And because it was him and because of the persona that he had created, yes, I could. if he's going for the reality of it, yes. But I think, I think TD, you know, much like the way I did it, he wrote to his strengths. And I really think that it worked. And for me... Uh, uh, TD's TD short story was just was just nothing short of short of awesome. I loved it, and I loved the fact that it was the follow up uh, after mine. I was like, that's just so cool. And I'm also a sucker for TD because at the last minute, you know, in in, in that in in the eleventh hour, he stepped up and he said, "I really want to do something for you for Billy Battings." Yeah, he did some really great <sighs> stories so far as for you. Yeah. Oh my god, his stories so far has had me on the floor, and I'm like, why wasn't he there on episode one? <laughs> but you know, I, but I thought to myself, next time I'm going to find like a cherry roll for him, and next time, boom, he's in there. So there you go. Excellent. So, um, what was uh, who whose story was number three? I believe that was. Stackpole? Yeah, that was Stackpole. Michael, Michael Stackpole's. I had, uh, I had a big problem, and and let me say this first. I'm a Stackpole fan. Mm-hmm. I have many Stackpole books. He, he, it's not the height of literary fiction, but he writes fun, entertaining stuff. This particular story, I felt the the setup ran on way too long. I felt like he was talking down to me personally. I mean, I, that's just the way I felt listening to it. And I thought the end of it was just uh, the the end was okay. Uh, it was reasonably well done, but there was you know, it. The middle, I don't know, five minutes of it could have gone away, and I thought it would have been a stronger story. It just the the front end of it ran on too long. Uh, I, th- I think Martha said it best. I think that a lot of the uh, a lot of the stories, um, and again, I, I I haven't I didn't feel that with I didn't, I I essentially didn't feel it with mine. I didn't feel it with TDs, but I think some of the other stories that I've heard in in the loop really, if you had, if you took out the Seventh Son references, they could they could be stuck into any universe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they could stand alone on their own. And when I wrote Obsidian, at least this is the way I approached the project. The way I approached the project was, I'm going to set this in in the Seventh Son universe, and I'm going to have a little more than just a few references here and a few references there. I want the characters to be affected by this somehow. And there has been a detachment with that in some of the other stories that and then went from TDs and from, cause I mean, TDs character, even though it is a, is a it is a fantasy science fiction, completely yeah, otherworldly. he was reacting to what was happening. And I mean that, that scene, the one that sold it for me, the one where I was like, Oh, F and yes, is when TD goes, you know, who's in charge here. <laughs> and this one goes, 
I am, spaceman. No, I am. I mean, I was like, yeah, that's my TD, boy. <laughs> but the other one that really spoke to me, the one that just complete, I mean, and I know he's a mutual friend in here, but I'm still trying to understand Evo's story, uh, Obsidian contribution. I was like, okay, that was Evo. That was Evo. That was Evo being Evo. And I didn't quite see the connection. And I'm sure Evo would say something like, well, that's because T, you're, you're, you're too dense to understand it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I I love you too. I don't think I've gotten to that one yet. Um, well, the one that really spoke to me, the one that made me go, was Dan classes. Dan classes was awesome. Uh, I did not see that one coming. Um, I, I, (laughs) I I was very choked up. Uh, especially when he said, when he said to me, when, and literally, that's what I, th- I felt like he was talking to me. I yeah, like I well, that's the way you feel when you're listening to, to right. the bitterest pill. And, and you know what? Because of, I've been promising myself, I'm going to listen to the bitterest pill. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to surprise. After Obsidian, I'm like, yeah, I got to subscribe to this one. I've got to subscribe to bitterest pill because there was there was something that he said that just really spoke to me. It was when he said, um, I miss. I think he said something along the lines of, I miss, I, I miss that time with my kids. Yeah. And that was the, the, the same emotion that, that he evoked for me in that moment. I'm hoping he heard and he, he got out of the scene where uh, I almost said I picked up where uh, the, the main character picks up Kiera and he said, how you doing bear? And the response was a little whimper and a pat on the shoulder. Because that's something Sonic Boom does to me all the time. I'll pick her up and I'll just go, how you doing, Bear? And she will pat me on the shoulder as, as if to something. And especially if she's been upset or she hurt herself or something. And I go, I, you know, that's her way of going, I'm okay, Dad. I'm, I'm good. You know, And that's something that you know you can describe it to people. But when you experience that for the first time, I'm just saying this to you both, brace yourselves. <laughs> but as far as Dan Class is concerned, yeah. Brilliant story. Excellent story. Uh, I, we have not heard Matt Wallace's contribution yet. Mm, we have no. not looking heard. forward to that. Yeah, yep. looking forward to that. But as far as Bitterest Pill, isn't that the Bitterest Pill dot com? Thank you. <laughs> that would be it. <sighs> so I have a, I have a question. I mean, we, okay. we, have, we played a promo for Pieces, and mm-hmm. we are talking about Obsidian. And uh, uh, we also have seen Murr open up. Uh, playing for keeps the playing for keeps universe to mm-hmm. fanfic uh, in some some situations is uh, a shared universe. Is that a new thrust for fiction writing in podcasting? Well, well, I'd kind of actually like to finish the Obsidian review. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I kind of well, oddly right. enough, ADD but boy is come, trying to keep us on track. But I will actually come back to that. Okay. I will actually come back to that. But but no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so let, let me just real real quick go through them. and, and well, The ones take, you've listened to. Yeah, right? right. The ones I've listened to. Murr's story was uh, an excellent an excellent Murr Lafferty story. I liked it a lot. I liked the, the twist at the end. But it, it seemed like it was only ch- tangentially affected by the Obsidian Blackout. Mm-hmm. It was a, a Murr story that just happened to be in the Blackout. Um, Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov, I don't like his work. I'll, I'll state that up front. I got, I, I, I gave hit Shadow Falls five minutes and I, I was done with it. I gave, uh, his Obsidian story 15 minutes and 
it, it became, I, I do infrastructure work. It became very clear to me. This guy has no idea how, uh, in elevator systems, uh, secret underground government bunkers are designed. Uh, he doesn't understand protocol among people that work together. There's just all this stuff that was grating on me during the story. And it was, it, it just seemed needlessly overblown. Uh, I, I, you know, so I nuked that one. There was one that um, uh, one of J.C. Hutchins' co-workers wrote, um, and that one was okay, but I saw where it was going, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a great piece of, of writing. Um, which, which, one, which ones am I missing? I, I I don't think I I must have I must have missed. Now are you? Now you said a coworker of his wrote. It. Yeah. At, uh, was that was that was that an actual Obsidian story or was that Voices from the Darkness? It was, it was a Voices from the Darkness, okay. but he included it as a a full written sh- and, and author and, right. and, and read short story. Keep in mind that that Hutch has made it clear the Voices from the Darkness series is an entire is a quote unquote different series than than uh, than Obsidian. Um, so far, as far as I know, uh, the ones in order, uh, he's ran mine, TDs, stack poles. Uh, he has released, uh, Murr. Um, yeah, my friggin' keyboard's Mark, down again. Or Mark, I Yoshimoto ne- right, Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov and, uh, Dan, Dan classes and Evo Terra. And, and those are, those are seven right now. I know that he's got something coming up from Geo. I believe he's got something coming up from Soccer Girl, mm. and he's also got something coming up from uh, from Mark uh, from Matt Wallace from Matt excuse me Matt Effing Wallace, <laughs> and also from uh, from Scott Sigler, the Digital Dickens of Death. So, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, when when I, when you know that that's sort of a, a part uh, nod to the independent UK. Um, the, the UK newspaper to call them the digital Dickens and also to Iron Man, because I was like, he's not the digital Dickens. He's the di- digital Dickens of death. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to, that's going to sit with him because that makes him out to be DDOD. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I think that works, but um, no, like I said, I, I think my biggest, my, my biggest complaint about the seventh son obsidian series has been the detachment. From actual from the actual actions that have been, from the actual things that have been happening, so it's been a little uneven. Um, the the stories I have think been so, uneven yeah. in quality. I think so. That that's my biggest thing. Um, that and J C J C. When you meet him in person, he is a really nice guy. He's a very positive person. Uh, but every story is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and it, uh, if this were my property. I would not have released some of those stories. I would have gone back to the authors and asked them for a change, or I would have found something else. And, you know, there are some things that are worth releasing that are, you know, on a scale of one to 10, seven, eight, and then you have tens and you got to reserve the best ever for the best. It's ever. when you, it's when, but you know, speaking as someone who is, I mean, I had to actually give Wynn Spencer editorial notes when she wrote an article for uh, the Complete Guide to Writing Fantasies, Volume 2, which I believe is now being called the uh, Opus Magus. Um, that had to be some of the most intimidating stuff I've ever done because here I was going up to Compton Crook winner, mm-hmm. Wen Spencer, Hugo nominated Wen Spencer, going, um, Wen, could we change a few things? And uh, and I'm not saying that, that Hutch was intimidated. I think more of the point, Hutch being someone that, that worked in the, in the series, Hutch is... 
Hutch wanted to give as much creative leeway and, as, as possible. And I think that's where, uh, going back to your original question about the, about the original fiction, about opening up the, uh, the, the shared universe, universes, universes. Yeah. Um, that is sort of the risk that you take. Uh, I, I was actually, I'm, uh, I was actually planning on doing something like this because about a year, two years ago, I was approached by Valerie Griswold Ford, uh, who was a regular guest over at RavenCon. And she said to me, when are you going to write or when are you going to invite other people to do the Moravian anthology? And then the last year, she and Richard White both browbeat me and said, yeah, T, we're, we're, we just want to let you know we're ready for the Moravian anthology when you're ready to produce it. Now, I really was against this. And then I thought to myself, maybe not as a print anthology, but as a podcast anthology, I'm okay with that. And that was when I unhatched the Dragon Clan of Moravia, which you hear advertised in the Moravia, in the Moravia Remastered promo. Um, and that's going to be roughly the same thing. I'm doing an invitation only, reaching out to not necessarily fans, but other authors who are also podcast authors or people who want to break into podcasting. And in some cases, authors that, bro- that broke away from podcasting, and I want to bring them back into it. I've actually been leaning on, uh, if you remember from the early days of podcasting, remember Kiki Optenberg? Never heard of her. The Kissy Bits? I've oh, yeah. Heard, I Kissy heard Bits. That. Yeah. You remember the Kissy Bits podcast? Yeah. One of the best pod- – well, the- actually, I think it was the first romance novelist podcast to come out. And she pod faded. And she said, yeah, you know, it just, it, it, I just didn't have the time to do it anymore. I have been pinging her on a regular basis saying, you're still going to podcast that story for me, right? And she was like, yeah. You know who I want back? Patrick fucking McLean. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'd love that too. I, I, th- I think we all would. But, but going back to this, to this idea, the thing is though, I think it all depends on what you want to do. Hutch is all about the creativity. I think that's why, uh, Paul, he said, you know, this is the best short story ever, E-V-A-R, because – to him, this but, this is. But when you do that for every story, it, right, right, you know. And I think, but 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 going back to it, I think the reason why he does that, I think, and this is just my theory. I could be totally wrong. And Hutch, if I am, going ahead and call in. What's that voicemail line again? Oh, we, we do have a voicemail line. <laughs> keep, keep, bam, bam, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Throw it out, my, throw it my, out. My, my the point I was about to get at yeah. was that uh, with. I think it depends on how much control that voicemail line oh. is 206 666 2843. I'm also going to bring the bell. Ring the bell. There you go. All right. And, and really, though, I think it depends on, I think it does depend on how much control you have over said universe. I'm, I'm just going to be the first one to say it when I, when I get all these authors together. I'm like, look. I'm going to invite you all to write in my sandbox, and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going to give you fair warning. One, I will probably not be able to pay you a red cent. Two, it's my rules or no story. And, and that, but that, that's because I'm a control freak. Okay. Just one, one more thing about Voices <laughs> from the Dark. Just getting back to Hutch here yeah, for a second. Yeah, right, right, right. Soccer Girl did a, uh, a video of like trying to assemble a generator at yeah. home. Oh, God, this is oh so funny. Oh, my God. It, it is so fucking funny. It it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a techie or a tech tard. If you see this thing, it's like trying to assemble the the generator in the dark. But again, now you see now that's awesome. that to me is different than some of the short stories we've heard in Obsidian because there is a direct connection to what is happening 
and to the characters involved in said story. And yeah. I think that's what that's what we get in some of the short stories, but not in all the short and, stories. And I have no idea how I missed Evo's story. Um. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and you can I'm listen gonna to it. I'm going to have to go back and, and listen to it because and, you know. if I did hear it, for some reason, I don't remember it. But again, he did it in the style, and he did it in the same way as Dan Class did. He did it in the style of one of his cult casts. But again, oh, okay, now I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, I just it's like even as even as far as the cult cast is concerned. Well, I think that Hutch actually had uh, suggested that it would be if you did yeah. a story, you could do it as you like reporting on what was going which on, which is fine, which is fine. But I still think there should be a connection. There should still be some type of tangible connection between what is happening in the short between what is happening in the Seventh Sun universe and what is happening in the short story that's involved mm-hmm. in the in, in the in the anthology. And and but I, I really but you know as far as I, as far as my story yeah, went, but- my biggest my my biggest fear was that I've never written a thriller. And I've always wanted written a thriller. I mean, I love, I mean, I freaking love. Well, you did stuff. a good job. So, you, I mean. You did a really good job. And if anybody were to say, well, well, what is your, what was your main source of inspiration apart from Seventh Son? I would say that's pretty evident if you look it at the story. The, the little roadside shop that sells the dirty magazine. Well, there was that, <laughs> yeah. but, there, but it was also 24. <laughs> because, if you look, because, because if you look at every because you well, have Jack a man Bauer crush do. well yes i have a man crush on jack, <laughs> jack bauer and bear grills i admit that <laughs> but if you look at the headers of all the different of uh, if you look at the headers of uh, of every segment of the short story you'll see that it says you know his current location and then how many miles he is from home yeah current location time how many miles from home and um, I'm kind of excited about this. When when um when uh when Pitt Valentine comes into town, we are actually going to have uh, a book signing uh, in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, and we are actually going to have to take Route 15. Oh gosh. And we are going to go across the Point of Rocks Bridge. Yep. I'm going to point. That's where I had the military encampment, and then I'm going to point. To, and then when we get to Camp Hill, I'm going to be like, and this was the cafe where he pulled up to try to get internet access. And it was closed. I mean, I, I tried very hard to to base everything off of this off of this stretch of Route 15. It's a gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous drive. But I tell you what, if all you're listening to is podcasts, the world will pass by you. Oh yeah, it will pass by you if you're on 15. Dude, I, for my work, I you know, I get on the train and it's four hours to New York, and it's all podcasts. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, I'm in my own freaking world. <laughs> And I, I love it when I'm listening to something funny and I just start laughing out loud because everybody around starts looking at me like, what the fuck? You know, what the hell is this guy he, listening he to? He wasn't talking to, to himself, well, so he's, he's not, not on the cell. Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll put this out there for, for Hutch. I think we could do a better job here on the ADD cast with a, a, a recap of uh, after the blackout. <laughs> What was really funny was I was supposed to do. We were going to. It's do, just getting the time. Yeah, we and we being me and uh, Craig Step, we were actually planning on doing a uh, a Voices from the Darkness video, and we just never took the ten minutes to go out and do it. And what it was going to be was Craig was going to be starting off his message saying we're, we're we're stuck in the blackout and all this on, and then I come up from behind him and I go, Craig, what the fuck are you doing? What do you mean, dude? You can't recharge your power book, and you're using up the juice. What? 
are you doing? You know, and then of course everything cuts out <laughs> because that was the thing that always sort of stuck in the back of my mind. I'm like, so let me get this straight. And the voices in the darkness videos, these people are actually wasting their, their precious electricity yeah. by, by, by recording diaries on how they're in the middle of a blackout. And I just, I thought it was, I, it just struck me as funny. And I thought, Oh, Craig, we could get a lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> See, we, we could pull all the plugs on our UPSs and have the back, background noise. There you beep, go. beep, 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 beep. beep. Sounds like a fucking R two D two love fest. (laughs) Whenever the power goes out around here, but but I do think I do do think that the uh, the shared universes thing is a great way to keep feeds alive. Yep, and and to keep the content flowing. Um, my 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 question is, and I'm not uh, like I said. I mean, you know, Hutch, Mer, more power to you. But my question is, when does the quantity become less quality? And that was the thing I noticed a, a lot in the stories for the third wave. I thought some of them were very were, were very good. Some of them I was like, oh, okay. But for the most part, I was I, I was having more fun with the uh, the Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, being thrown you in. know, this is a really good point for us to play our Easter egg. Yes. And, and let me tell you, because I've been meaning to <laughs> to drop this in the feed with an intro, and I just have never gotten around to it. This and is what a what an inconvenient segue. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Thank you, dude. Come on, ring um, the bell. Ring ring the bell. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but this is one you need to put the headphones on. I'm serious. I'm going to drop this in right here. But you want to listen to this with the headphones. We had so many people work on this. Even if you had haven't heard playing for keeps, you you know I I think you'll get kind of what's going on. Playingforkeepsnovel.com. <laughs> and of course, we love the ever loving hell out of Mer Lafferty. Merverse.com. <laughs> Ringthebell.com. No. <laughs> All right. So here is our Easter egg, and then we'll be right back to close out the show. Live, local, late breaking news. Welcome back to our continuing coverage of the assault on the Academy. The fighting that raged earlier between the heroes of the Academy and the new superluminal supervillain has entered a lull. Reporting from the remains of the Academy grounds is the Seventh City Action News Team superhero reporter Bear Grubbs. Bear, what's the situation there? Well, Mark, it's a sad day for Seventh City. As you can see behind me, there's a smoldering pile of rubble where the Academy once proudly stood. Buildings in the area have been weakened by repeated blasts from a supervillain sources have identified as light of mourning as well as by ground tremors caused by that infamous seismic Stan who was believed dead until very recently. The super fighting has moved away from this area for the time being, but things remain dangerous and citizens are advised to stay inside until... Bear. Bear. We seem to have temporarily lost contact with Bear. Let's go now to Bitsy Chicklets our entertainment reporter, on hand since last night's Symphony in the Park. Bitsy, can you give us an update? Mark, we've just felt another aftershock and heard a large boom from the direction of the Academy. I can't quite see what's going on over there, but here in City Park, tragically, the guests of honor at Seventh City's annual Swan Festival have been stricken and are dying all around me. A small army of homeless Good Samaritans are rescuing the swans, carrying them to nearby shelters. 
There's a girl here, very distraught. She may have seen who is responsible for this attack. Ma'am, ma'am, can you tell us what happened here at the park? Why are the swans dying? Bitsy, Bitsy, you're breaking up. Well, it appears that Bitsy's uplink is having problems. Do we have Bear back? No, uh, let's go now to Biff Longbow on our sports team. Biff's been drafted to help report this citywide event. Biff, can you tell us what you're seeing? Mark, this is indeed a sad day for Seven City. We're at the site of a collapsed building near the Academy. The Seven City Action News Van appears to have been crushed by rubble. There's no sign of Bear or his team, although we found our camera. Damaged, but still running on the sidewalk across the street. We can only hope White Lightning or one of the other heroes rescued Bear, but it seems unlikely. I can't tell you how heartrending this is for me. As you know, Bear was my coach. I'm sure you and Bitsy and the rest of the 7th City Action News team will mourn Bear's loss as... Hello? Hello, Biff. Well, that was Biff Longbow. The streets are still dangerous out there, folks. Stay inside and stay tuned to this newscast for breaking news. Let's go out to Stephanie Cantori, our Action 7 weather person, now on site downtown at the Salvation Army Soup Kitchen. Stephanie, what can you tell us? Mark, I'm here at the Salvation Army Soup Kitchen, where the army of zombie hobos has really stepped out to fill the void. They're serving delicious meals to all the refugees and volunteers for this disaster. And while I'm not a food critic, this is one of the tastiest turkey dinners I've eaten in some time. Let's ask one of the zombie hobo volunteers just what they're serving. Sir, what is this delicious food you're cooking up tonight? I'm no sir, and we're not zombies. We're not hobos. We've been tricked. And that's not turkey. It's the freshest swan you'll ever eat. Uh, oh, but, well, okay. If you're not hobos, why are all these people singing the Big Rock Candy Mountain? We're not zombies. We're not hobos. We've been tricked. We've been tricked. Well, there you have it, Mark. Swan. This is Stephanie Cantori reporting from the soup kitchen downtown. Our link to Bitsy is back up. Let's hear from her now. Bitsy? Um, Mark, Bitsy's indisposed. I'm not feeling so well myself. This is junior intern assistant cameraman Jimmy, uh, James Long, signing off for 7th City Remote Action News. Back to you, Mark. Mark? Mark? Are you there, Mark? I'm still on the air, but I don't hear anything from your end. And we are back. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. Um, we worked so fucking hard just just actually writing it. Ronnie Blackwell, uh, Martha Holloway, Lynn Harper, Harper yeah. and myself all <laughs> wrote. Of course, different it, pieces of it, that. It's it's somewhat based on a true story of a uh, um, a real a, hurricane of a hurricane. Yes, well, of a news team trying to cover a hurricane. And they kept 
the the station kept sending out more people <laughs> news news reporter after news reporter after team after team. I, I really think that has got to be probably the worst job when you're when you're when you're a weatherman. I mean, that's got to be one of the situations where all the weathermen show up and it's like, okay, guys, and they hold they hold out the straws, and whoever picks the short straw. You're the poor yuckaputs that goes out in the middle of the hurricane. <laughs> that has to stand stand out in the, the in the middle of the hurricane because no one in the United States knows what a hundred mile an hour wind looks like when it when some poor woman is being blown out you know ass over tea kettle or about to get torn in half by some debris. Well, or or hey, here's a novel thought. What about the palm tree that is almost parallel with the ground? That should be an indication of how <laughs> hard the wind is blowing. And I, I, like I said, I don't. I mean, is it for ratings? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. And uh, you know, so, so no, I don't. I don't. I don't get that at all. I do not get why we need to have the guy out in the middle of the hurricane. It's like, look, we know it's a hurricane. We need that person so that we can make fun of them for Easter eggs. It's for Schadenfreude. <laughs> yes, we all feel better that it's not us. Uh, there you go. That's got to be it. That's I think that's be it. pretty much got to be it. And speaking of got to be it. The ADD cast is a production of Dancing Cat Studios. Cop, uh, Copyright? Under the creative com- <laughs> released under the Creative Commons 3.0 US non-commercial, no derivatives license. So says the squeezable nose. The giant squeezable nose. Yes. But- yes. It's like Charmin. It's squeezably soft. And we are going to get out of here with uh, another... Uh, tribute to the awesomeness that is Mer Lafferty. Be on the lookout for her upcoming releases over at Merverse. She is building up some steam for the release of her paper novel released through Swarm Press, right? Yes, Swarm Press, August 25th, 2008. Yep. Playing for Keeps is coming out by Swarm Press. And bef- But before then... Before then, there's going to be a, a little push on Amazon.com called Double Trouble. Yes, and, and if I could actually find the promo in your feed, I would play it. Uh, because actually, actually, it's in it. It was put in two of my feeds. It was yes. put in the Survival Guide, and it was put in the it's Bill not, of Batting. It's podcast. not in the Moravi feed, which is where I look. No, that, well, then that's why you didn't find it. Yes, but you can always email me or Twitter Twitter me, and I will send you the MP3. Uh, now, as, along with that, you can also find. That it sounds in, so dirty. Twitter oh, me, baby. Oh, hey. Or <laughs> you can find the Double Trouble promo at Chasing the Bad. Bad.com. And um, you bad. can, uh, and well, actually, the, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but basically it is uh, not one, but two authors staging a coup on Amazon.com on August 8th, 2008. And for all the details, you can either go to ChasingTheBard.com or you can go to tmorris.com and click on the Billabub Battings banner. Or you can just stay tuned to this feed because we are getting Pip Valentine and yours truly once again back on this show. Yes. And we are going to have a uh we're gonna have an international chat on Skype. That will be te- awesome. Te- awesome. All right. So we are gonna get out of here with the Beatnik Turtle. And the theme song for the novel, Playing for Keeps. Isn't that fucking cool? A novel with its very own theme song. Rock. (laughs) Rock. This is Playing for Keeps. It's the song of the day.
You can't control the stimulus. Control the response.